As Mourinho destroys the Man United image, the Iceman rebrands us to the FPL Surgery Podcast. Welcome back, listeners. Once again, it is now the FPL Surgery Podcast. Yes, you heard us right after intensive meetings in the past week. The Iceman took the decision to change the name from the once glorified fancy football surgery to the FPL surgery, which has really just cost him a lot of time in just changing the name on all of our media outlets. So let's welcome him back for episode 105, coming to you on the 2nd of October 2018. Welcome back, Iceman. Thank you. Thank you, Billy. Yes, it did take a lot of time to do all that. But when, I once I spent, started, uh, it was just to get it done. Yeah, just good. I mean, I know you, you like to spend lots of time editing, so you thought you'd make more no, no, effort for yourself this no, week. No, I, I really don't. But you, you've got to get things done. Things have to get done. Yeah, and if you've got to get it done, just do it. That's it. So, yeah, so that's all of our media outlets, iTunes, SoundCloud, Twitter, Facebook, our website, you name it. We, we've changed it to FBL Surgery, uh, and we'll give you all of the links for those towards the end of the podcast. Iceman, we um, we had a, a good interview yesterday, didn't we? Yes, we did with the Free Amigos podcast. I think it was coming out Friday. It was good fun. Actually, really enjoyed that. Yeah, uh, another week with the general, wasn't it? And they're they're a good bunch. The, uh, the Three Amigos as well had a lot of fun talking to them. Yeah, it was good. It was good talking to them. Yeah. So if you want to find out a bit more about the ins and outs of me and Iceman's thinking, um, yeah, tune into that and have a listen because we. Uh, yeah, we, we we speak about a few things we haven't before on this podcast, mainly because the Iceman has to cut all that stuff. So yeah, take some time to do that. So having said all of that, let's get on with our own podcast. We've got another great guest coming back, did incredibly well last season. David Isaac, how are you? Good, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me again. This time I'll be expecting one of your lovely coasters. <laughs> Plenty to go around. The uh, the Iceman holds the gates to those. Um, how did you how did you finish last season in the end? Uh, end up in the top. 170th position overall um, everything was going right I can't say the same about this season but hopefully there's still enough time to fix that how are you how are you doing so far uh, at the moment I'm on 432 points so my overall rank is 235k doesn't sound so bad but considering the first couple of weeks I was 12k in game week two and it's just been red arrow since then so wildcard has been activated yeah, I'm in a similar position to you. I'm about 30 points behind you, and I'm um, trying to claw my way back up after a few dodgy weeks at the start. So um, no doubt, though, with your history, you'll get there. We'll come to your, your team in just a minute. How did you how did you manage without FPL for the uh, the summer months? It was nice to take a break, actually. I wasn't interested in <laughs> yeah. doing the World Cup one. It was very stressful, obviously, trying to get into that top 100, top 50 towards the end. So I needed a break and just enjoyed the football without worrying who scored or who assisted and just got to enjoy the World Cup. So it was a nice break. This is amazing. Like any guests we've had on has said they've enjoyed the break, the stress free. <laughs> yeah, every uh, single one. FPL summer. It, it's actually, a th- this This needs a research paper from somebody to get Peter Blake to run some data or something, I think. <laughs> okay, Iceman. So if we get straight into things, before I ask about teams, let's uh, let's take a trip to our, our usual question oh, of Iceman here. Here we go. So um, this one's come from the Slack channel again. So this person has asked, I just want to know if an Icemandic curse is real because the <laughs> Iceman cast a spell on me at the start of the season and now all of my score predictions have gone to pot. 
Is there a cure for an Icelandic curse, like an ointment or something? <laughs> yes, he has gone to pot. Tipster, you are doing terrible at the moment. I think the resolution is probably grow a beard. Grow a beard, and that, that will bring him back into it. I like the sound of that. Did, did you curse me, Iceman, the season I actually beat you at FPL? Because I haven't managed to uh, get ahead of you since. Yeah, I've, I've tended to... You need, you need to grow a beard, but you have. So this season might be your season. You may be able to catch me up. I will keep growing this ginger fire on my face and see what happens. Yeah, okay, let's move on swiftly into serious stuff. So let's talk about how our teams got on in this game week. Uh, for a change, I will lead us off. So I, I finished with around 56 points this week. I had Aguero as my captain. I had the wonderful Hazard once again, Patricio in goal, and I stuck with Pereira at the back for Leicester. Um, so that got me the core of my score. Unfortunately, it was just a sea of, of twos and threes from that point in, so I didn't get to capitalise. But uh, I had Bennett on the bench, so I, I didn't. I bottled it with a double Wolves defence. But I still stand by that decision because I look at Robertson and Alonso for attacking gains. How about you, Iceman? How'd you get on? Yeah, pretty good this week. I finished on 66 overall. I looked to bring in Mitrovic this week for Gray. He scored me nothing, but I'm hoping for right, more. Right. And yep. the oncoming weeks got Patricio of 10, Trippier paid off with 11, and it was lovely finishing the week with Van Anholt scoring goal and getting the free bonus points. He finally got attack in return. Also got a couple of points out of Wilcott, and obviously uh, Captain Aguero. So yeah, pretty good. I am up to, well, if you look at the Arsenal League, I'm up to 4,000 overall. But uh, yeah. overall for all players, I'm up to 49,000. Ice man, come on, Van Arnholt. Patrick Van Arnholt, come on. Brilliant. <laughs> I, I knew he was going to score. Jam on toast. I actually, uh, <laughs> on, in the Slack channel, I said, right, who shall I start? Van Bissaka or Van Anhol? And then Banana Nose Maldonado gave me a coin flipping kind of website to go on. I went on that and then it came up with heads, which was Van Anhol. So I started him. So yeah, a little bit of luck. So I'll take that as much as I can. Outstanding. David, how'd you get on? Uh, rubbish. Um, I've got a game week rank of 4 million this week. Uh, 43 points. I took a hit. My hit actually worked out quite well. I took out Mendy and Pedro, who both weren't playing, for Richarlison and Trippier. So, got a bit of points there, but overall, disaster week, which led, led me to activate my wildcard. Was that a panic decision, or do you think it was necessary the way the team it, was shaping up? It's been up? necessary. I feel like I've delayed it for a couple of weeks, because... My team, my bench was just not playing. I had um, King, who was just not getting points. The double, Liverpool, triple Liverpool, or Robertson was getting points, but Salah and Mane were just falling behind, and Hazard was just getting too many points. Uh, ben Foster in goal, he'll never get three saves in his life, so I had to change <laughs> him. It was just getting really frustrating, and I thought, let's just activate it before it gets too late. Sounds like a sensible decision. It'll be interesting to see um, how you're shaping up for this game week. Okay, well, um, let's have a look at the uh, the mini league and just start. I'll quickly run through this. So, tenth place, we've got uh, Richard Cosmala back in the, oh, the top ten, a veteran of the game. Yeah, mm. ninth place, we've got Carl Dunn. Eighth, we've got Dan Mbuka. Seventh, Michael Taylor. Sixth, Mark Muse. Fifth is Roger Morgan. We've got Ian Cooper in fourth. Antonio Kioffi in third, Johnny Brosnan in second, and Andrew McKinnon still smashing it at the top with a, a twenty a nineteen point gap over Johnny Brosnan. Great work there. Overall yeah, rank Iceman of 30... looking to try and break into that, aren't we? Yeah, Some yeah. points. He's got an overall rank of thirty five, Andrew. So yeah, doing really well. Fantastic. Five four five, very impressive. I'm only at hundred and 
45 points off him, so I'm quietly confident of catching him at some point. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Absolutely. Right, okay, so let's have a look at the FPL headlines then. So, Kane entry, Salah, form, price and value. City midfielders, does KDB's return change things? Three big for hitters to choose from now. And Arsenal who? Should have said Arsenal who, really? Uh, Gunners back on track. So that's our FPL headlines, which we'll be answering as we go through the podcast this week and um, we're going to run through all the fixtures however there is a trend that has emerged in uh, this week's fixtures in that if you look down the FPL game list all of the big hitters are actually weighted towards the Sunday fixtures and all of the teams that you're probably not that bothered about are at the start so we're going to flip things this week and start on Sunday and work backwards so when we get a little bit tired later in the pod <laughs> we won't sort of talk for hours about the quality of Sam Vokes or, or or billing so um trying to avoid that so let's get stuck into liverpool versus man city what a fixture to start us off on david let me come to you first what players do you like in this one uh quite a lot to be honest but it's just hard to call because you know there's going to be goals in it but you just don't know it could be liverpool winning scoring four goals it could even be city scoring three four goals nothing would surprise you really obviously a nil nil would be surprising but just given that liverpool at home i'm going to go for liverpool to just edge it probably scoring a few more goals it's a really tough decision for me in terms of going with Aguero or Kane for my wild card. Obviously, if you look at this fixture, Kane's got the easier fixture home to Cardiff. But along the line, I think Aguero might be better in the long term. But I'm thinking Salah's going to bounce back. I mean, he's been getting all the chances. We can see, they're not, not like last year where he's putting them all away. But as long as he's getting those chances and getting in the positions then I'm sure that he'll come good soon. Just like uh, Mitrovic, I remember seeing him in game week one. He had like a million shots and just nothing went in. But then he just starts scoring. And I feel like that will happen with Salah soon. So I think I will end up going with Salah in my wildcard just because if you look beyond this fixture as well, he's got he's got good fixtures. And he's proven that he can score against City in three appearances. He's got three goals with assists as well. So I'm backing him to get some points in this game. Yeah, I'm, I'm behind you on that one. I mean, like you say, Huddersfield and Cardiff just after the City game. At home, you're going to need a Liverpool attacker. Not a lot of people are going for Firmino or Mane. So, yeah, it's, it's got to be so. He's, he's the best captain option after that. I mean, he is playing down the middle now. And like you say, he had his chances. He could have had a few goals in the last game alone. So if, if he was switched on for some reason, he wasn't even Klopp took him off because he said it wasn't his day. But if he was switched on, he would have had goals there. And I do think that he can change at any point. He's obviously getting the stats. And I just think it's going to come. A lot of people looking at moving out to get in the likes of Kane. But I, I feel like... That's just kind of a one-week punt type of thing. Kane's still not currently in full flow, so yeah. I feel like maybe Kane will outscore him this week, but mid-term, Kane is is a good option here. But <clears throat> for long-term, like you say, Salah is definitely the best option. I think this is actually a good game for Salah as well. Like As a team, that's not going to sit back and defend, so he will find the space. And City do concede as well. We've seen it before, we've seen it today. They do concede a lot of chances, and... Is a kind of game that will be probably beneficial for Salah because the team will be attacking. There'll be a lot of space behind yeah. them to have his <clears throat> yeah, shots exactly. and goals. So I just want to offer a uh, one FPL Pep Guardiola troll concern here. So they've played Hoffenheim away tonight in Germany. Um, Aguero has played the ninety. In fact, he got the uh, he got the first goal. Jesus was on the bench. Didn't play a single minute of the game. They also lined up with Sane. Lined up with Sane, Sterling. 
David Silva got the winning goal. I'm a little bit, because I've got Aguero, I'm a little bit concerned about him starting Jesus instead of Aguero this weekend. What are your thoughts on that, David? No chance. Aguero's in I form, think. he's firing, He he's going to give him that international break as the refs. I mean, he's kind yeah. of said that he's got two more games until the international break. The guy's scoring mostly every game he's playing, <laughs> and I think he can he can score probably at least a goal at Anfield. If not, he, he's going to play him. I don't think he'll play Jesus. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, he was about to come off before his goal, so he, he, he was getting limited minutes, but Pep did say he's not, he wasn't 100%. Uh, he's not recovered from what happened against Newcastle. I think he said that we spoke about him playing 60 minutes and we were lucky to get him scoring at the right moment. So, you know, Pep has been honest with that and he has been struggling with a foot problem, but he's still getting all the stats at the moment, Aguero. He got seven attempts in the last game. He's top of most of the stats. It's just getting 90, 90 minutes tonight. Obviously, he, he's played and maybe he's, he's back fit again. So yeah, I do think he's gonna, he's gonna play. We did have a couple of questions on this. We had a few from our Slack channel, Justin Diaper, and with Aguero picking up these little injuries is a sign that he's about to have a yearly spell out. Would it be getting a jump on the pack to switch to another premium striker at the moment or wait and see and I think both of our options on this well mine and David's is to is to keep Bully what's your thoughts um yeah I, if it wasn't the international break coming up I, I'd say that's not a bad idea to start considering but he's going to get a couple of weeks off here so I'm inclined to agree with you two at the moment. Yeah, and you're going to want him back as well. And uh, you bought him in at a good price. He's gone up to 11.4, so you'll be losing out on value if you uh, do want him back eventually. So I, I fully on the hold. Uh, also, had another one here from uh, Jeremiah's put uh, Sterling at 11 mil has turned out to be a better pick than Salah at 13. Why is his ownership so low? And he says, Iceman tells Siggy, well done. So, well done, Siggy. So, David, why do you think Sterling has gone completely off the radar at the moment? I think because everyone started the season with Salah and Aguero. And then you can't go for Sterling as well because then you just have hardly any money. Because there was a lot of good value in defence as well and yeah. some cheap strikers <coughs> this season. So, uh, Sterling was coming back from the World Cup. I don't think... Did he play straight away? He did play straight away, but he rested game week two. So... People weren't sure if he was going to start, whereas Aguero had finished a bit earlier and he was informed. Just got a couple of goals in that, I don't know what's called, that community shield just before. So everyone just jumped on Aguero. And Sterling, I don't think, offered value when you looked at him at 11 million before the season started. Last year, he was like around eight. So, you know, it was exceptional value that everyone could just jump on. And at 11 million, it was kind of a wait and see, especially when you have Aguero. So that's probably why his ownership is quite low. But I'm sure it will go up week by week when people realise that he's just returning every game and playing a lot of 90 minutes as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we we also had some more questions here. One from Tommy Gonzo has put Mo Salah, do we sell or keep the faith? And I think a resounding keep the faith, is that agreed on, on here, Bully, David? Yeah, it'll be it'll just harder to get him back in if he starts going on that run of his. And if you have him and it's, it's just not going well, you can just change him for anyone. Yeah, yeah. Bully? Yeah, I mean, just watching him against Chelsea, granted he didn't finish, but he still gets in those positions. You know, he had his usual chip finish, which he just missed. He's, it, it's going to come. It's, I think everybody is comparing him to last season. When a player peaks like that, if he doesn't have one or two games where he hits a few, everyone thinks he's he's fallen off. I don't think that's the case at all. I think you're still going to see points out of him. Yeah. Yeah, we we had another question from Jeffrey Jabakumar. Probably said that wrong. Uh 
Sadio Mane hasn't looked great in the past few games of, from an FPL perspective. Is he worth keeping? David, going direct to you for that one. Do you reckon Mane's worth keeping? He scored, well, he had a chance in the last game. What are your thoughts? I'd- I don't think I don't think he's worth keeping because I mean if you're going to keep Salah, there's too much money being spent on the Liverpool attack who just aren't returning at the moment. I'm expecting Salah to, but with Mane, I just don't know if he's worth 10 million. There's a lot of defenders that are like three, four million cheaper that can provide a lot of good returns, and I'm sure that you can use that three million you know around your squad to improve it. Mane, I, I don't really rate him that much as a footballer. I mean, he he seems to be like lucky when he scores his goals and he misses kind of easy chances. Sometimes he looks a bit brainless, but he is one of those that can be explosive, but then he can just blank so much as well. So, for me personally, on my wildcard, I'm getting rid. Okay, fair enough. Um, we also had another one here from uh, Sean at Slimbrick24. Has put, uh, would you make the move to bring back Mo? He got rid of him for to Mane to fit in Hazard. So he has a Bamiang. Would you get rid of a Bamiang to bring in Mo? Um, I would, I'd probably wait this week because Aubameyang's playing Fulham and obviously Mo's playing City so I think you can get away with it this week easily but then I'd I'd want him back for game week 9 and I'd probably make the switch then yeah yeah agreed yeah let's move on to our next fixture chat <coughs> so um, yeah let's move up so Saints take on Chelsea this potentially looks like an absolute banker for Sari's side although Saints at home David what, sort of, what players do you like in this fixture Hazard, hazard, hazard. <laughs> so, just expect him to blank now because I'm finally getting him in. It's just, it's just a fear. He just looks like he's scoring every game. Even when I watched him against Liverpool, I thought what maximum he'll get is just like seven points, like maybe a goal, no clean sheet, hopefully no bonus. But he could have easily ended up with around 16 points with that one-on-one. Alisson just about saved with his leg. So, I mean, if he's doing that against Liverpool, who've got a really you know tight defence, teams like Southampton, no disrespect, but he can easily score two, three goals. Yeah, I've, so, I, I agree with that. I really, really want him in my team, but I just can't get him in at the moment. Okay, Iceman, anyone else from your point of view from Chelsea? Uh, well, just I suppose just elaborating on Hazard, uh, like David said, he can score against anyone. Well, he should have had two. He missed the one-on-one, as he mentioned. He's enjoying his football at the moment under Sarri. So I heard uh, Murphy saying on Match of the Day is the best start to the season he's had. So he's kind of one of these must-have players. I just... <laughs> can't fit yeah. him in I, I do think he's probably the best player in the league at the moment and especially for FPL points uh, best form he's only blanked once in the season it seems like he's just continued his World Cup form seven shots on target over the last four is the most of the midfielders yeah he's just if you can get him in definitely bring him in I, I looked at actually Louise I thought played really well in the last game and uh, yeah. kind of made, made a couple of chances uh, just sending the ball forward obviously kept Liverpool as quiet as he could it was quite unfortunate about the storage goal, which was amazing. But we do have a question regarding kind of uh, Spurs and Chelsea players. Paul Mullins has put: Is a free hit worth a go on uh, Spurs and Chelsea players this week? Do you reckon it's worth using the free hit chip to to bring in a few Chelsea players to capitalise on this game week because Liverpool and City are both playing each other, David? No, definitely not. I'm sure the free hit could be much more beneficial later on down the line when you've got blank game weeks or maybe some doubles or something. But especially now with Spurs, with minimal rest time, a lot of injuries, I mean, that game is not as easy as it looks Spurs v Cardiff. I still expect Spurs to win, but I don't think it'll be that 4-0 that everyone's expecting. Like, they've got hardly any rest and so many players out, so I wouldn't be wasting a free hit for that. Yeah. And Chelsea are away as well, anything can happen. You know, they could win but 1-0 and no, I definitely wouldn't free hit. Yeah, I agree with that. 
I do, I do think this is a, a big week for Alonso, potentially. Yeah, some people are telling him as Sa- a captain Saints have, Well, Saints have quite attacking fullbacks, and if you look at how he gets forward, he's going to pin them back and exploit that. They don't have the greatest centre-half pairing in the world, Saints, in terms of pace. So I think you, you'll see him kind of breaking on the left-hand side, popping up in the box, making those overlapping runs. I think he's got a great chance of, it, of a really decent score this week. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. He's been a bit quiet recently in terms of attacking points, but he's still kind of getting up the numbers and still getting forward down that left-hand side. And yeah, like you say, against this team, against Cedric, who sometimes you just worry whether he can actually play football. Um, <laughs> he, he, I, I reckon some attacking points are in. I reckon he is kind of, because there are limited captain options this week, he could be one of them. Say it for me. Go on, say it for me. Yeah, I'm going to captain him. No, 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 no. About he's what? What is he? You've lost me. Oh, great. He's due. Oh, he's due. Oh, he's due. Yeah, Brilliant. Due. Chemistry on this podcast is uh, electric. How long have we been doing this? Years. Yes. Yeah, easy. Yeah, the, con- the connection is... Uh, yeah. There we go. Okay, well, should we move on to Arsenal versus Fulham then? Because uh, it sounds like we're very confident in Chelsea in this one. Well, let, let's let's uh, go over... Just to bring it back to Saints quickly. I mean, like, there's only one player which you can even think about having uh, for Saints at the moment. I think it is still Ings. He was screaming that L. L- Unusi for shooting instead of passing. It just shows how hungry he is for goals. He didn't get any shots actually highlighted on match today, but he did get two two attempts against Wolves. And Saints did get 17 shots against Wolves as a whole. So they are putting in a lot of effort and just not quite finishing it. And he has scored tonight against Everton in the Carabao Cup. So a lot of people are looking at moving out Ings. And maybe it's not the, the best option, really. I mean, their fixtures are kind of up and down. I mean, like, they've got Chelsea next, uh, as we know, but they've got Bournemouth, Newcastle in the next three as well. And then they've got Man City, Watford, Fulham. So he's still quite a good option, Ings. So I wouldn't necessarily make him your transfer this week. Yeah, if I had Ings, I wouldn't be taking him out. You know, he's offering good value. But I wouldn't be rushing to get him in because Southampton don't really score many goals. But yeah, at his price, he's, he's getting the goals and he's on penalties, I think, now. So it's not yeah, too bad. Yeah, true. Radio, let's move on to two London clubs. We've got Fulham taking on Arsenal. The Gunners finding some serious form of late. Uh, Fulham slipping up over the weekend. David, who do you like in this fixture? Um, Mitrovic and Lacazette. This game will surely have goals. Both teams will score. You can bet your life on that. Arsenal away, Fulham concedes so many chances and goals. So I feel like there will be goals in this game. So I'll stay away from defence. And Lacazette seems to be playing 90 minutes now every game. And it's been Aubameyang that he's taking off, which no one would have thought four or five weeks ago. But he's he's finding his form. He's getting in positions. He's getting a lot of chances. And Mitrovic is just quite explosive. He can score against anyone on good in the air. So, yeah, I'll be looking at those two. Yeah, I'm looking at starting Mitrovic for my team this week. And, in fact, maybe he's a, a captain option with this uh, Arsenal defence. They're still very mm. leaky at the back. And they do go away and play Europa League on the Thursday, which is a five-hour flight to Azerbaijan or wherever it is to play uh, Carrier Bag. And... Uh, <laughs> But Lacazette, yeah, I've definitely touted him. He should have scored maybe three and should have had an penalty if he went down. Cathcart was marking him for the own goal where he almost got it and he got the, the assist he deserves. Definitely a player to go for at Arsenal if Emery keeps it as it is. He did get the four attempts, which was the most for that match. Uh, two chances created. So, yeah, he is definitely the option here. And we talked about Aubameyang earlier. I don't think he is worth the money at all. But if you've got him, 
I probably would keep him because Fulham defensively are all over the place at points. And they are top for expected goals against as well. Everton had 19 shots against them. Uh, I think Brian is now injured, so I think that brings Sessignon back into left back. And I don't think he's, I think he's more attacking than he is a left back. And I think Fossi Mincer is also injured. So, this, like you say, has got goals written all over it. I do have Ramsey. I wish I didn't, but he is in that number 10 role. Uh, he didn't play well in the last game at all, so I can see him getting benched. Uh, he wasn't involved much. I don't think you can really tell what his role is. As soon as Ozil went into that number 10 role, you could tell that he was meant to be there. So I have a feeling that Emery may not uh, may not play Ramsey in this game. So uh, just to bring balance to the actual Arsenal team itself, because uh, with Ramsey and Ozil in there, there's no balance in there. David, I just, um, sorry. I, I just want I'll, to ask you, David, I'd let you make that comment on Fulham. Just what, what are your, dare I say, what are your thoughts on Ozil? I'll never consider him for FPL. Um, I don't really rate him that much. He just... He's not made for the Premiership. He's just too slow and lazy. I mean, he's a good player. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, he's got a lovely football brain. He can pick a pass out. But I don't know. I don't feel like he cares that much. Uh, FPL wise, no, just no. There are so many right. better options at that price. He should be honestly like no more than seven million. He's not worth any more than seven million. Okay. What, what were you going to say about Fulham? I was just saying. I just I just clicked on the Fulham team and I've noticed that the highest scoring defender for Fulham has six points. <laughs> and they've played seven games, so that kind of tells you a lot about Fulham's defence at the moment. <laughs> so yeah, Captain Lacazette, if you want a differential this week. Load up on Lacker. Should we move on to United versus Newcastle? Yeah, I do think we need yep. to quickly comment on uh, Czech getting injured. Oh, yeah. Doesn't mean that Leno is an option at 4.8 though, but potentially keep your eye on that one, uh, whether he keeps his place, because Czech is out for a month now. Okay, so let's move on to United versus Newcastle then, chaps. So United, another ball draw in the Champions League tonight. The uh, cantankerous Jose Jose Mourinho continues to defend uh, his position, um, whilst Newcastle, cows arse and banjo comes to mind. (laughs) Um, David, are you interested in this fixture at all? I mean, I was if I wasn't activating my wildcard because I had Pogba in this game. Yeah. Um, the way things are going with United, I would not be looking to get anyone in, to be honest. I mean, they're just not scoring goals. They just don't look right and something needs to change. I mean, if I had a United player, like a lot of people probably have Shaw or whoever, I wouldn't change them for this game because it's still a very winnable game. And they've got a great record against Newcastle. And uh, Newcastle got injury problems of their own. But United at the moment... It's just not as straightforward as it looks, that fixture. So I would not be loading up on anyone, and I'm not going to have any night players on my wildcard. No, no, no Newcastle either? Uh, nah, don't think so. <laughs> Iceman? Yeah, some people were looking at Newcastle because of their fixtures they got coming up and whether they can keep like clean sheets and such but I'm not quite convinced yet I think they still need to get going I think they're being Kenyoned at the moment so he may do a takeover that may change things as well uh, they are second bottom for expected goals as well so yeah like you say if you've got a United player probably some people have got Shaw he scored in the last game shows he gets forward got three chances created which was joint top uh, for that match so yeah he's still doing pretty well but worst start for 29 years United they actually have got the, the fewest sprints in the premiership and only got the nine attempts against West Ham so yeah I would not be bringing in any of their players I did like the Rashford goal though he saw Anderson's back heel and he thought yeah I can do better than that and that was quality I love a bit of class like that 
Nice, yeah. Okay, so uh, interesting what you're saying about Newcastle, they're finding the net because uh, Gale is doing very well in the championship whilst Mitrovic leads the league in goals. Um, so possibly the wrong decision by Rafa to let those two go. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to Watford versus Bournemouth then. So both have uh, impressed at times this season. Iceman, I'm going to come to you first for the, just this one because your man is back and on the penalties. Stan, first touch, bang, straight in the back of that. Love it. Love and free Stan, bonus, Stan. don't forget. And free bonus, yeah, that's ridiculous, isn't it? That is uh, <laughs> the flaw in the bonus system there. But yeah, Bournemouth have played some tougher fixtures now. Obviously, they had the the better fixtures at the start of the season, but they're still third for expected goals this season behind Liverpool and City. So they are still doing pretty well. And if Stanislas is coming back in, I, you know, he's a wait and see. I would love to get him instead of Frazier. A lot of people on Frazier. And he is still doing well, still creating chances and having attempts on goal. But um, if Stan is playing full-time, I would love to get him in. Just You know that as soon as you bring him in, he's going to get injured again. He is family, though, so I'm expecting to see him in your team sooner rather than later. Yeah. David, what do you think on this fixture? Um, Bournemouth always score goals. I mean, if you just look at their fixtures, I know they haven't had many hard games, but apart from two away games, Chelsea and Bournemouth, they've scored two or four goals, 2-2-2-2 two, 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 and four against uh, Leicester. So there are they have goals in them. And Watford... I feel like Watford will probably win this one. I think that Watford are a bit dodgy defensively because of my experience with Foster, I'm always expecting a clean sheet and it just doesn't come. So I like um, Hollybass body defence because he just takes so many set pieces and he just yeah. whips the ball in so many times. Like You've got points coming no matter who he's playing, but obviously you have to be aware of the yellow cards. Gray seemed to be finding his feet a bit. Uh, linking up well with Dini. Um, it's quite a hard game to predict actually. I mean, I can't say which, one, which way this will go, but if you've got the Bournemouth players, obviously I'll keep them. They've got nice three more nice fixtures, then it gets really tough. So keep your Fraser or Wilson at the moment for the next couple of fixtures. Yeah, Watford's still playing quite well. They did have an XG of uh, 2.34 against Arsenal to Arsenal's 1.59. So it does show they probably should have won that game. We did yeah. get lucky there. <laughs> I would I would say that Holobas, yeah, he's great passing. If if you have got him, I'll definitely hang on, hang on to him. And one which kind of obviously caught caught our eye because he he probably should have scored the goal because he came close to it against Arsenal. But Isaac's success at four point five seems to keep coming on and keep getting those those one points. And he's always kind of in and about and gets close here and there. So I feel like he might be one of the best four point five options up front if you are going that route. I yeah. Not sure about that. I agree, he does come on, but I've, I've watched a couple of Watford games and uh, he's not the most clinical when he's in on goal he's and he's not, had a no. few chances. But he still plays, but, uh, he, still, he still comes on. He does, he does that. Um, chaps, anyone else to add on, on this fixture then, Watford-Bournemouth? No. Then let's move to Spurs versus Cardiff. Surely a banker for Spurs, this one against uh, the Penguin side, Cardiff. David, who do you like in this fixture moving forward? Um, Trippier will definitely get 11 points in this fixture that's 100% he's always getting that assist clean sheet three <laughs> bonus just for turning up and we know he's playing because Oreo has been ruled out unless he randomly plays Carl Walker-Peters but I don't think that's going to happen mm-hmm. so I do like Trippier in this fixture and there's a lot of um, Spurs midfielders out so I think Son will get a game and it's going to be a time where he you know, kind of explodes into life I mean he's a bit been a bit quiet recently because he came back late from the Asian Cup but obviously Kane up front 
on penalties, starting to find his feet a bit more, getting those shots in, his stats are looking much better. But for some reason, I just see a just a one nil Spurs win with like a, yeah. just a random goal score, a die or something. You know, honestly, I don't know why. It's just that playing Barcelona will take a lot out of them, and they don't have that much rest time because they're playing on Saturday as well. Yeah, and I, I, I no one, no one from that. Cardiff. <laughs> yeah, no, from Cardiff. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, like, a lot of people were looking towards Kane. We had loads of questions on this. Had one from Luke Kempner saying, am I going to get any more from Lucas or shall I get rid? And is Kane a must-have? So a lot of people were looking at Big Harry, FPL qualified, saying Big Harry switched for Aguero. Next fixture is peachy, but not great after that. Again, Nick, FPL is saying Kane for one game week or longer. FPL Doctor, is it worth a minus four this week to get Kane, or is it too late? FPL Piglet saying how many hits to get Kane. So what, what are your thoughts on all that, David? I mean... I think it depends on the situation. Like, I mean, on a wild card, I think for me it makes sense to it's not even risk, but to put Kane in instead of Aguero because I could just downgrade him next week as my one transfer if I want to. Because Kane still has West Ham, so it's not like I have to get rid of him. But if I have Aguero and I have maybe other problems, or if I've got someone I can captain, don't know if I would be. I don't know if I would be taking a minus four. I might. I might do just to because if you have no captain, Kane's your captain this week, and if he does get that two plus goals, you're sorted. Especially if Aguero blanks. But going forward, if you've got other problems to sort out, I don't think taking a minus for Kane for Aguero is probably worth it. But it just depends on who you're captaining that week and what other problems you have in your team. Yeah, it's just that Kane is not kind of passing the eye test at the moment, is he? He missed a one-on-one. He did score a great header from a trivia cross. Uh, another penalty, so showing the benefits of having a penalty taker in your team. But he is the best captain option this week. And his stats, like you say, have got better. He's got more shots on target in the last four than any other player. Also uh, involved in the most big chances over the last four. Just isn't looking that good yet, though. And Spurs, as a team, don't look like they've started. They still look like they're in first gear. Only 10 attempts for Spurs against Huddersfield, which is a weak Huddersfield. Do you expect more from that? So, yeah, I would be wary of all these things. I mean, like, if I could get Kane in now with just one switch without moving out Aguero, who I feel like you are going to need in your squad, I would do it. But not a lot of people can do that. His fixtures after, as we mentioned, they're not that great. So it's not to say that he's kind of a long-term option. He feels more like just a couple weeks punt. I do feel like West Ham are now solid. They'll be playing at home the game week after. Then they've got City, Wolves, Palace, Chelsea, Arsenal. So all pretty tough games. So it won't be easy. It will be from kind of game week 15 when they do play Southampton at home, which I'll probably be looking at you know, the Spurs assets here. But to answer Luke's question... Uh, what do we reckon on Mora? Do you reckon we should he should get rid there or just hold on? I'll definitely no, hold for this game. Definitely hold for this game, especially with the team news coming out that Ericsson and Addy will both be missing uh, and Dembele as well. So you're probably 99% certain that he'll start and probably got the best game in the league, home to Cardiff. So there's no way I'll be getting rid of uh, Lucas for this game. Going forward, I think there'll be a lot of competition in that place with Son, Ali, Ericsson, even Lamella's getting a few goals here and there. So... It'd be hard to justify keeping him if his minutes are reduced, but for this game, we'd 100% keep him. Yeah. And just the thing that worries me about Kane, I was just going to go back, is 
with Ericsson missing and Dembele missing, they might just be missing a bit of creativity. So I just can't see, you know, Sun's a bit of a selfish player as well. So he's not going to be looking to, you know, pass to Kane. Whereas Ericsson, every time he gets it, you can see he, he's going for that ball to the striker, whoever's up there. So I was just wondering if Spurs might be not just tired, but lacking creativity as well for this game. Yeah, the international break's kind of coming at the right time for them, maybe. I feel like they'll probably still win this game, even with uh, fatigued players. But then after that, they'll just get a good rest. Yeah. Okay, well, let's move on from uh, the Spurs fixture then. So we've got Leicester against Everton. Interesting tie, this one. I think this offers a a few potential uh, cheaper options or mid-price options. David, so is there anybody from either of these sides in uh, in your starting eleven at the moment? Or is there anyone you'll be thinking about? Um, I really want to get Vardy in, but I just can't fit him in. Um, yeah. I think he's going to be a great option going forward with the fixtures they have. It's just a sea of green, and even that Arsenal fixture doesn't bother me one bit because I know Vardy will score against Arsenal. He's on penalties, as we know. His stats are looking good. He's you know firing in a lot of shots as well. It's just a bit hard to fit him in if I'm trying to get Hazard and Salah as well, so I'll have to play around. But if I don't go for him, I'll probably want some Leicester attacking cover, and it'll have to be Madison, who I... I touted pre-season and he's he's been looking good. He's taken set pieces, got a good free kick on him. I know people saying he's getting a bit lucky, deflected goal or tap-ins or taking a penalty when Vardy's off the pitch, but you can say that about a lot of players, to be honest, like getting lucky or unlucky. So he's taken away with the points and he's offering good value at just under 7 million. So I think I'll be looking to start with him. The defenders, I just don't trust Leicester defensively. I mean, they have got good attacking defenders, but they concede so many goals and their clean sheets are kind of few and far between. So I don't think I'd be wasting money on Leicester defence, but definitely Madison Vardy I want to watch for Leicester. What about Bully's uh, Pereira, though? He started right wing in the last game. He has done a few times this season. So if you start in attacking, instead of going for Madison, why don't you bring in a Leicester defender, which you've got the hope of that clean sheet, and you've got attacking probabilities. He is out of position. Amati seems to be playing at right back now, uh, because I don't think Pereira can actually defend, because he was the cause for a couple of goals. I think it was against Bournemouth or someone. I really think he's a good option. I think it, I know he hasn't started a couple of games, but if he's going to continue in that position, I think he's a good option. Yeah, no, he, I think his price is good and his position, his position is good. But for example, game week six, he was at home to Huddersfield and he played 90 minutes the previous five games and he just didn't make an appearance. Yeah. Someone like that is just a bit dodgy to have. You don't know, out of 20 games, he might miss four games for you. And, you know, a game like Huddersfield at home is where I'd want him to be playing yeah. more than playing Liverpool and Man United, which he played. So it just puts me off a bit. Someone that's 5.1 million. I mean, there's loads of. Um, defence 4.5 while playing 90 and they're guaranteed week in week out like Doherty and other water defenders who I'd probably rather have yeah true yeah I understand that uh, just just speaking about Madison though he has uh, he did get the five chances created in the last game and he has had returns in his last five but I am a little bit with you I'm still a bit wary on him in terms of uh, being a bit lucky and also Vardy just to list his stats as well 24.4 minutes per goal attempt 7 shots on target in the last 4 as well so he is doing well Vardy I do think he is a quite good option especially if you're on wildcard yeah okay what about Everton then David Everton yes Got to be Richarlison for me. I had him from the beginning and then obviously he got that red card. But he seems to be just getting so many shots away. Even in the last game week, there was three goals. He wasn't involved in any of them, but he had the most shots. I think uh, most all the midfielders or definitely for Everton in that game. Um, he's quite a selfish player and 
was good for fans league managers and he's offering good value as well at 6.6 uh, 6.7 sorry and Sigurdsson seems to be looking like the old Sigurdsson three goals in his last three games yeah. on penalties we don't know if he's going to stay on them but probably probably will do it's just their fixtures are a bit a bit hard to predict because they've got Leicester and Crystal Palace and they've got United, Chelsea and Liverpool in three of their next six after that so mm, I don't know I definitely wouldn't be going for their defenders and their strikers are useless. So it's just Richarlison that interests me. I don't know if I would pay 0.5 more for Sigurdsson. Walcott, I'm never going to go near him ever again. So I'm not even going to mention his name again. Oh, OK. Interesting. Iceman, do you want to weigh in on that? Yeah, well, just with Siggy, obviously he missed the penalty, uh, but he scored two. I mean, he is playing in the middle That's now. That's a goal as where... well. That, that left-footed curl into yeah. the top. Oh, what a strike. Great he is playing in the middle now where he should be, and I think it was last year he didn't get played there as much. He did get the six attempts, which was more than Richarlson in the last game. Richardson got five. Siggy also created five chances as well, uh, whereas Richardson only created two. But yeah, I think out of the two, you just would want Richardson. You just hope that he wouldn't dip into the form which he, he was at Watford, where he just suddenly just had all these shots but just couldn't score. So out of the two, I'd definitely go for Richardson. But Siggy, I'll definitely keep an eye on him. And also, also yeah. going, going to Wilcott before you slag him off anymore. Uh, he did get the great assist for the Tosin goal and he does look hungry for goals and I do think that he's a bit selfish as well he could have passed when he shot in the last game and it was kind of nice to see for him as a, as an FPL asset and he scored tonight in the Carabao Cup so I wouldn't necessarily I'm not getting rid of Wilcott just yet maybe on the wild card but uh, I am holding on to Wilcott for now you will definitely get rid of him on the wild card 100% <laughs> yeah <laughs> Excellent. Okay, chaps. Right then, let's uh, go to Palace versus Wolves. Again, still really impressed by Wolves. Patricio's done uh, done great in goal for them. Another ten points at the weekend. David, again, are these teams that feature for you already, or you'd be looking to bring anybody in on the wild card? Yeah, yeah I'd say Wolves definitely. I mean, Palace. They've just been hitting a bit of bad form. I think not scoring against Newcastle at home and then losing to Bournemouth. They're still quite a, you know tight tight team defensively they're not going to be losing like three four goals to anyone even against City they struggle City struggle against them so um, Wan-Bissaka will be staying in my team because he's I've got that four million he's 4.1 and uh, he'll be coming on whenever I need him but Wolves have really impressed me and I think they can keep a clean sheet nearly against anyone to be honest and especially Crystal Palace Doherty and Johnny look really good attacking Doherty just seems to be like the right side of Alonso uh, for Wolves Patricio 4.5 getting those clean sheets and even in um, attack uh, Jimenez just seems to be getting like a million chances a game and I know he doesn't take them all but that's what you want and for a 5.6 million striker you cannot complain and he's getting returns last three goal assist assist so he's someone that I'm Highly considering as a cheap striker if I go four three three in my team yeah. and probably a defender or two. Yeah, they're so investable wolves. They've got some such cheap players and they're kind of playing like a top half team. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Patricio, Cleaney and six saves, ten points. Love that. Wolves didn't even allow any big chances against Saints. So I know that they got the 17 shots, but no big chances. I think that Patricio is definitely the 4.5 goalie to have. Has he gone up in price yet? Um, no, he's no, still 4.5. So yeah. yeah, three clean sheets over the last four. Definitely the goalie to have. Uh, I agree with the Jimenez option. He did come close a few times, and I think the goals will come for him. I just think that he is probably, along with Ings, 
the best cheap striker of those those options really and if you want to go really t- really cheap up front and then just go for Kane and then a, a big midfield then those two are definitely viable four shots in the box was equal to Kane in the last game week 15 goal attempts in the last four 11 shots in the box Wolves playing well I've, yeah I see him as a great option and uh, also I, I noticed that Bennett getting forward from corners so he's still a good option Bennett at the back but you'd probably rather go Johnny or, or Doherty yeah Okay, anyone else to add from Palace? Uh, just to notice that um, <clears throat> Palace have been third from bottom for expected goals so far this season. And it kind of just shows why Zaha isn't the best option at that price. And like David said, they are quite solid at the back. So I've still got Van Aanholt and I've still got Wan Bissaka. I'm holding on to them until my wild card. They're coming to the end of their run, aren't they? So they've got Wolves and then Everton. Then it's a really bad fixture. So it'll probably be game week 10 by the time I get rid of them. Okie dog. So let's move to an absolutely mouth-watering tie. We've got Burnley versus Huddersfield. David, work your magic. <laughs> um, I think Burnley is starting to look like a bit like the old Burnley. They started horribly, and it was because of you know being in two competitions to which they're probably not used to. They don't have the squad depth. So Bournemouth four 0 they won. Cardiff as well away two one. So they've got six goals in their last two and one clean sheet. So Hart is a good option at his price because he seems to be starting every game and getting a lot of save points. I would just be wary of game week 9 and 10. They've got City and Chelsea. Mm. So I'm not expecting many points or clean sheets there. And Goodmanson's looking good for just under 6 million. He's got um, three go- three assists and a goal in his last two. So he could be a good option if you're looking for a, a Fraser replacement in the near future. And Huddersfield, just a 4.5 billing if you want um, a cheap midfielder. Otherwise, I don't think I'd go for anyone for Huddersfield, to be honest. Yeah, I agree with that. Huddersfield bottom for expected goals still. Burnley, they allowed 19 shots against them and only had three and one, two, one. So like you say, they're back to their norm. Uh, hopefully soon they'll be getting the clean sheets at some point and then we can invest in their defence. But I think we do need to wait for that though. Also look out for the Tarkowski news because if he's out a bit longer than expected, then um, it could be last season's hero Kevin Long coming in at <laughs> 4.3. So he could be a good option too. Okay, I don't really have anyone to add for this fixture. So let's move to Brighton versus West Ham. And David, I'm going to ask you to start this. Well, actually, I have a cheeky punt and he's in this game. I think for a wild card, you're going to kind of go template and then you need a few differentials, one or two. And I don't know if he'll still be there by the time it's Friday night, but um, I'm going to go for Knockhart as my cheap midfielder in place of Fraser. He looked good when I watched him against Spurs. And looking at the stats, I mean, just by going for the last two game weeks, he's joint fourth for total goal attempts, and he's actually joint second for shots inside the box. Considering that his last two games were Man City and Tottenham, that's quite quite amazing stats for a Brighton midfielder. So looking at their fixtures and taking all that into account, I think he's offering quite good value, and it'll be nice to jump on him early if he does hit some goals and assists. He's got West Ham, Newcastle, Wolves, Everton, Cardiff in the next five. So that's someone I'm gonna I'm gonna go for and see how it goes. Yeah, I agree with that on Knockart. And it's another good game week for him, even though he didn't score anything this game. He got two chances created, two shots on goal, ten chances created over the last four. And now their fixtures are getting better, like you say. So um, at 5.5, he's kind of a, a good pun. At home in particular, he's been quite consistent. Knockout, averaging 6 points per home game. 14 shots on goal, 11 chances created, more than any other teammate. So 
Yeah, West Ham without a clean sheet in their uh, last three away games, they've conceded eight goals on the road, so that's the third worst. But it's just that Brighton aren't really an exciting team. And a lot of people are waiting on these Ryan clean sheets, which they're hoping will come in. And this is where the, the fixture run starts for Brighton. So if you've got Ryan, I'll still hang on and then just see how they get on for the next. goes up to game week 16, where it's uh, greens and yellows on the uh, FEL chart. So he's worth holding on to. Nice. Okay. And um, David, anybody else to add in this in this fixture? Um, I like Arnie. I've always been a fan of him. And it's between him and Mitrovic for my third striker spot at that price. He's just so explosive. He's full of pace, loves to shoot, but also when he needs to pass to create an easier chance for uh, another one, another yeah. teammate to score, he does that. So His attitude's improved, isn't it? So. Yeah, 100%. And I'm a big fan of him FPL-wise. He's... Good, good price and quite explosive so just have to choose between him and Mitrovic yeah I agree I think he's definitely um, he's a lot more involved up top for West Ham that centre forward role for them suits him perfectly and he's got you know he's got the likes of Anderson around him who will do the running on the other side they've got Kanopianka as well so yeah coming together for West Ham isn't it yeah it seems like he's got a, oh sorry go I was going to say it seems like he's got a goal in him any game and every game so no matter how hard the fixture is I believe that he can score yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, me too. Nice, man. Yeah, Fabianski is the, is the keeper, which I think is probably a good pair up with Patricio at 4.5. He's getting loads of saves. He was great again. Uh, had an awesome save against the Flaney header. And yeah, he just seems to be back like he was last season, just for the save points. You do think the clean sheets are going to come, come as well. I, I did notice one uh, Zabaleta getting kind of a load of bonus points as well, which is a bit strange for an old man. But he, um, he's gone down to 4.3 now. So he got three bonus points in the last game, one bonus point in the game before that against Chelsea. They're really working him hard down that right side. So just keep an eye on him. And uh, Diop just, is also 4.3 as well, and he's starting to play every game, I think, now at centre-back. Yeah, Diop, yeah. Okay, chaps, just one correction there. I said Kanoplianka, he doesn't even play for West Ham. Yarmolenko does, though, so that was the right side of midfielder I was trying to talk about. <laughs> so, that takes us on from all the fixtures. It's now time for the Iceman to take a tinkle. Thank you very much. And we welcome the Iceman back, and it's time to sum up show. From the top, we've got Liverpool versus City, Salah, Sterling and Aguero were the main ones discussed there. Saints versus Chelsea, Hazard, Louise and Alonso for Chelsea. There's still some hope for Ings, the Iceman feels. Fulham versus Arsenal, Mitrovic and Lacazette were the main ones there. And uh, David hates Ozil. United against Newcastle, uh, keep the faith in Shaw, no one else we fancy there. Watford versus Bournemouth, a few names here. Stanislas, of course, Olibas, Gray, Fraser and Wilson were all mentioned. Spurs against Cardiff, uh, we think Trippier is nailed for 11 points and Kane keep the faith. Leicester versus Everton, Vardy and Madison looking very good. Pereira is an attacking defender. And then Richarlison, Siggy and Walcott, probably in that order of preference at the moment for Everton. Palace versus Wolves. Jimenez looks like a cheap option up front. Bennett, Doherty and Johnny as well. And then uh, Obi-Wan for Palace and PVA seem to be good options. 
uh, although their fixtures are coming to an end of favourability. Uh, Burnley versus Huddersfield, Long could be a good cheap option in defence. And Brighton against West Ham, Knockarts and Arnie were our main picks for that one. Nice summer ball. Lovely. Let's talk about transfers and captains for this week. David, who are your moves? Um, I've got 15 moves here, um, <laughs> yeah. so it's going to be long to go through them. I'm not finally 100% decided on my wildcard team, so I'm playing around with it, as you'd yeah. expect. But I am very, very likely to go for Kane captain. Yeah. Um, and Hazard is another definite, and Salah is another definite. Everyone else are getting in and out, in and out. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, Iceman. Uh, yeah, so I've I had the conundrum of David Silva. He's played the ninety minutes tonight, and I was a bit worried about that against Hoffenheim. But he he scored the late winner, so he'll be high as a kite at the moment. Uh, and uh, Gundogan went off with a hamstring injury, so you would think that David Silva would start against Liverpool. I don't think uh, he he can't really. He's got to start him against. Because they've got the international break coming up as well, so uh, you assume that then he'll get his rest in. So I was thinking about the David Silva moving out, but now I am not. Just a quick one on David Silva. He does still have the, the stats. He's got 11 chances created in the last four, and, and he's on corners with 43 penalty area touches. So I still think that if you're wanting to go for a little punt, I think he might be a good punt against Liverpool. They've still got great stats, City, going forward. Um, I've also got the problem of Ramsey, whether to move him out. It's all in the air at the moment. I've also got King, a problem, which I, I was thinking about, and Altovic. But it's kind of all over the place, and I'm not decided on anything. But my captain at the moment is actually on Kieran Trippier. Kieran Trippier. 22 points, nice. Yeah, 22 points, standard 11 points, which uh, I haven't <laughs> I generally have got my captaincy on Kieran Trippier and my vice-captain on Alonso. Nice. Do you have Salah in your team? I do have Salah in my team, yeah. Not considering him? I have considered it, but uh, I don't know. I just thought, well, (laughs) I kind of guaranteed that clean sheet against an awful Cardiff team just can't score. Okay, well, my uh, my captain is actually on Eden Hazard at the moment against Saints. I've ignored him for the last couple of weeks to my peril, so I, I quite fancy him in this one. In terms of transfers... I am going to have to think about it because I'm I'm really, really unsure. There's been some great suggestions on this pod so far that, that I'm going to have to carry over. That's going to be a Friday night job. Yeah. Let me just list the Chelsea-Southampton last games against. The last game that Chelsea played at Southampton, they won 3-2. A lot of people are saying that it's an away game, but still Chelsea can score goals and they're playing well and Hazard is playing well. <laughs> Okay, so I spent any uh, any questions that we haven't answered yet online? Yeah, so we've got loads of questions, so we're not going to be able to answer them all, so apologies, listeners, but we will try and get through them. So we've got Mr. Fish at Tess Stonefish has put, uh, which two or three out of Hazard, Salah, Kane and Aguero are now essential? So which out of those four, David, are you definitely having in? So you've, you've said Salah, Hazard's a definite. You said Kane was a definite, didn't you? Yeah, Kane. Kane, obviously, because I can switch to Aguero in one move with, with no problem, and I'm obviously captain for this week, is much more desirable for Kane than Aguero. So it would be Kane, Salah, and Hazard for me, but that's obviously because I'm on a wild card. It might be different if I wasn't on a wild card and I only had one free transfer. Would I bring Kane and I'm not 100%? So again, I think it depends on your situation or how many free transfers you have. Yeah. Bully, your thoughts on that one? 
Kane for me. I think um, the point about him is players are hype is a big thing I think for strikers and the fact that Kane takes penalties as well and Tottenham tend to get a lot of penalties although um, someone's now going to put up a stat they don't get any regardless of Kane is firing in all cylinders he's always got a goal around the corner with that and at the end of the season you know when you look at total goals scored it's not necessarily you're not bothered about open play or, or not it's just he's scored 30 goals again this season so Kane's hype train is always kind of moving and I think that keeps his confidence going he's got a great fixture and I think he's just going to keep doing it in spite of the uh, the haters so out of those four which so you're going with Kane Salah and Hazard or Kane Aguero and Hazard, which which out of those four Kane Salah and Hazard okay yeah and I, I think I would actually go Hazard, Salah and Aguero. I'm not on the Kane bandwagon yet. I, just, I feel like he needs to hit form. I obviously think he's going to score well this week, but just going forward, they've got some tough fixtures and I feel like you're always going to want a City attacker. Uh, I mean, if you're not going Aguero, then it will be probably Sterling, the, the better option. He is on fire at the moment, getting back to his tap-ins like he normally is, finishing off those City moves. Loves the uh, Yeah, he created the Aguero goal and uh, he's only blanked once this season. And Sterling actually has points per game of 7.8 so far this season. So uh, he's second for mids at the moment and uh, he's only missed the one game. So I just think that Sterling... Like we mentioned earlier, definitely is going under look. So, yeah, I, I would actually leave Kane out of uh, that one currently. Okay, moving on to the next question. We had Luke Jerdy here, who's come on the pod before. Hi, Luke. So, he's saying, first big dilemma of the season, Salah to Hazard, Aguero to Kane for a minus four, or Salah to Rich Richarlson and Zaha to Kane for a minus four. He's also listed Mane to Richarlson, Aguero to Kane for a minus four, or Salah to Hazard, no hit. God, he's listed a lot there. So, if looking at his players he's got there, which I just listed, David, what, what would your option be there? Um, I think I would go for, I think it was C, was it Manny to Richarlison and Aguero to Kane? You would do the, you would do the Aguero to Kane switch, would you, for the minus four? You know what, I think, I think I would, I'm just looking at Aguero now and, um, yeah, apart from that Huddersfield fixture where he got 20 points, he's had, you know, easy games, uh, Wolves, Newcastle, Fulham, Cardiff, Brighton and, the most points he's got was eight points. So there's nothing really explosive there. His fixtures, Liverpool away, very tough. Uh, home to Burnley, who have just kind of tightened up recently. And then Spurs away. I think you can get away with not only him, but the next three. And Kane can probably outscore him against Cardiff if you've captained Kane. So I think I'd be willing to take the hit for Aguero to Kane, even if I wasn't on a wild card. And it depends. Out of those options, I wouldn't mind downgrading Mane uh, in that situation. I, I feel like I'm going to disagree with that one. I, I feel Guerrero, you know, City are still playing great football. They're averaging 2.5 net on XG at the moment. That, and that's, that's kind of insane. That's better than Liverpool at the moment. So it's just showing that, yeah, 80% possession against Brighton with uh, 28 attempts on goal. And Aguero gets seven of them. He just looks amazing on, on his particular goal running forward. And I feel like, you know, after this Liverpool game, he's even with this Liverpool game, he's got a chance of scoring. And yeah, if he's definitely. if he's fully fit, I feel like he will get more goals than than Kane. I think maybe not for this next fixture and this next game week, but uh, over the next say five game weeks, I feel like there he's got better fixtures there with uh, Southampton at home. 
West Ham away than Bournemouth Watford. I feel like he's he's the one that's going to get uh, more goals there. He could do. Seguero, you can never write him off. It's, it's, it's a tough call and it's going to be the cause of a lot of green or red arrows between people. But that, I don't know, that Burnley game in between might be one of those 60-minute games sandwiched in between Liverpool and Spurs. I know it's after international break, so he'll have his rest. But, you know, Seguero is just... The minutes are just a bit dodgy these days and um, Kane seems to just find his form. So... I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for Kane. And um, Bully, what's your choice? Yeah, although I've got Aguero, I'm, I'm gonna say Kane as well. I think based on just what I'm seeing, he's still ticking along. So, which option would you go for? Would you go for a minus four? Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, so I think um, it's quite a dilemma, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a tough one. There's so many decent players there. Um, I any, agree with that. Definitely. Any decision. <laughs> It was so hard, he fainted. He's fainted, yeah, he's, he's died. It's too, too, too much of a hard choice. Uh, if, if I was you, Luke, I would actually, if you're guaranteed to get the cane in, I would do Hello? the... Hello? I would do, oh, hi, Pete. <laughs> Can you back. hear me? Welcome back. Uh, yeah, I so, just started to watch them, my bloody internet cut out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with the hazard Salah option. Do you want to procure us back in? Yeah, 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 that's it. I'm going to use that. So, I I would go with the um. So you would go with the Salah to Hazard option, yeah. No hit. Yeah, I think as just the form at the moment. Um, for the sake of a minus four, I think yeah. But then the fixtures Hazard's got and the form he's in, I'd go with that for now. Yeah, and I, I think if if I was nailed on to get Kane in, by the sounds of it, you are Luke. I would do the uh, Salah to Richardson and Zaha to Kane uh, for the minus four. I'd probably hang on to, to Mane there just to keep that Liverpool asset. Um, okay, so we're going one here from uh, Mark at mbison 22s But Jay Eggersdorf mentioned on his video about how important a good plan is, especially if you're struggling. With this in mind, what's the best plan to turn around a stuttering season? David. I mean, it's hard to have a plan because things are always changing and players coming out of form, teams coming in and out of form. But if you just stick to your basic principles of, you know, you know, not taking too many hits and kind of just believing in your structure and your players, especially if you've already used a wild card and you know you can't really change much. I think before a wild card, you can take a few punts here and there. But just sticking to the basic principles of not just taking too many hits and looking at stats before you bring in players, especially if it's a wild card, so you can't really afford to make many mistakes after a wild card. Yeah, I, I agree with that one. I feel like I've always got a plan in what I want to do. It can always be adapted either way. Um, and obviously with a stuttering season like this, you've got to change it on and off as the week goes. Sometimes you're, you're nailed on bringing someone in on the Monday and then the, the Friday comes around and there's news regarding injuries or rumours and stuff. And it completely changes your whole team. So you've just got to adapt as it goes. Okay, so I think we've lost Pete for a little bit there. So I'm going to move on. We've got a couple of quick ones here. We're just going to root through these ones. Uh, are you ready for this, David? Just quick ones? Yep. Yep, so we've got FBL Classicos, but if you own Hazard, Mane, Madison, Richardson, Fraser, Kane, Mitrovic, Zaha, oh, mouthful, uh, which one do you bench? Out of those options, I think I'd bench Fraser. It would be out of Fraser and Zaha, and Fraser being away would make me start Zaha ahead of him. Yeah, against a tough Watford team, I'd go uh, Fraser as well. Also, he's blanked in the last few, so let's say he's not going to blank again. We've got um, another one here, Prishant uh, Tuarez, but who do I play? Ryan at home to West Ham or Patricio away to Palace? Well, I'm starting Patricio away to Palace. 
I'm not necessarily that happy about it, but I do have McCarthy playing Chelsea at home. So, well, I could hope for McCarthy for save points, but I've kind of got more hope that Patricia will keep a clean sheet against this Palace side, which, as I mentioned earlier, a third from bottom on expected goals at the moment. What about you, David? Yeah, I would definitely start Patricia. Um, I think West Ham are going to be very confident going to that game. Brighton haven't kept it, haven't kept a clean sheet yet. I've conceded the most shots. Patricia, I mean, if Wolves can only let in one goal against Man City, Man United away, they can easily keep a clean sheet against Palace. So definitely start Patricia. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's the end of the questions, guys. Thank you very much for your interactions. Really appreciate it. I'm hoping that Bully is back by now. Yes, I am. Yeah, listen to that last bit. Some lovely stuff there with those questions. Welcome back. Okay. Um, Ice, but anything in the feedback box? Yeah, so we had a few in the feedback box. Yeah, we had an email from actually Zhao Monterio. I'm probably not saying that right, but he was saying, you guys are legends, top podcasts, and thanks for replying so quickly because he had an email. He wanted to see if he can get any tickets for the old Arsenal Sport and Lisbon game. And uh, unfortunately, I don't actually have any contacts to actually get that. So I've let him down, but uh, he listens to the podcast. And he is very much appreciative of our time. Excellent. Okay. I understand we have no sexy thoughts this week. We do have a sexy thoughts. Uh, I will just play it now. Lovely. Let's be all sexy, sexy thoughts. Last week on Sexy Thoughts, we took a second to talk about men's mental health awareness. This week, I think we need to take a second just to think how lucky we are. Luckily we are, we're in a privileged enough position, most of us anyway, to play this silly game FPL. We're lucky enough to... uh, even have fingers to be able to use our phone and our computer to uh, do our transfers and all that type of stuff. A lot of people that are only in the situation that's fortunate enough as us to uh, have all these luxuries in life, a roof, food, family, all that. So we should just think how lucky we are. Yeah, some lovely thoughts from him once again. But that, that also segues quite nicely, I think, into a pitch for our, our spin-off pod, Iceman. Yes, it does. Yeah, nice, uh, nice segue. So I'm going to talk a bit about this now. So it's become apparent to us in in recent times, especially in the Twitter community. We had the general um, talking a bit about it last week. Uh, other podcasts have sort of covered this issue, but um, there's the topic of uh, mental health and, and stress and depression that that comes up day to day for people. But it's something that perhaps is is better recognised nowadays, but not spoken about openly. And um, as I talked a bit about before on here, I, I work within that particular field. And one of the things that's quite striking is it, it's always difficult to access men and, and really get them to speak about how they're feeling and how they're reacting to, to situations. It, it can all feel quite normal when you're in one of those places. So um, me and the Iceman are actually going to do a spin-off co- uh, podcast called Finding Extra Time. And what we're going to be doing is a slightly shorter podcasts and the uh, FPL surgery but the focus uh, it's not going to be as regular we'll see what the sort of interest is but the focus is all going to be about sort of common problems issues things that happen in life that we face as blokes day in day out and just talking about different experiences of that and how people have coped and got through harder times very much about just you know is is that thought that you've had before if you've ever thought is it normal to think like this do other people experience the same problems as me? How have other people dealt with these situations? We're going to run a series of podcasts covering this. And we're going to sort of draw on the FPL community. So we invite anybody who uh, feels passionate about this topic or wants to share their experience kind of to positively 
help other people to kind of come forward and we'll have you on for, for a little bit of an interview and just to join us for a discussion the fpl general is going to join us to, to do that in our first one um, we're certainly not going to ask you to, to talk about anything that's too personal but we really believe that it's an important um, subject and actually with the reach that we have now in terms of followers we want to also be able to provide something that could be quite positive for, for your life um, outside of all things fpl because we know how stressful that is so look out on our twitter um we'll be we'll be announcing that podcast and recording fairly soon but it's something we're both very excited about isn't it ice man yeah really looking forward to it it's uh something which i feel like the more we speak about it the more we're becoming quite passionate about it because we know it's out there we know people need to reach out and there are a lot of people hiding things away and i feel like a podcast like this if people just listen uh they, they sometimes they don't even have to get involved obviously if you want to get involved then great just message us we will have a twitter it is um find extra time at find extra time on twitter so message us on there if you follow us we'll follow you back and then you can just personal message there but it is something for for other people just to listen to and it might help them with what they're actually doing in their everyday life as well and help them want to talk about it as well and talk to others and it doesn't necessarily have to be us but it might want them to get into actually talking to other people about it and about what problems they're actually having yeah absolutely so you know just just dip in have a listen there's no you know by doing that there's no commitment for you have to do anything differently but just you know it, it might be a really good one for normalizing a few of those things that you might have thought was a little bit weird but actually everybody else is going through so yeah look out for that okay and uh, with that discussion we've uh, segued into that and i'm going to come back to the fpl surgery now so let's uh, first of all uh, begin our ending by telling you how you can get in contact with us with the changes we have made to all of the the brand and the image and everything the ice man has done admin. loads of admin yeah so uh, he's actually changed my name to no he hasn't done that <laughs> um so as, as usual you can support the podcast on patreon.com forward slash fpl surgery all help greatly sir greatly appreciated by us and it helps and um provide prizes and just generally provide a better experience to people Join our mini league, Fancy uh, Football Surgery, uh, FPL Surgery Podcast League, which is at 225369. You can visit our website, fplsurgery.com. On Facebook, SoundCloud, Reddit, we are now FPL Surgery. And on Twitter, at FPL Surgery. Again, we're on iTunes. Leave us a review on there. And if you have any um, desire to get in contact with us, whether it's about this podcast or our developing one, and you prefer a more formal email route, uh, info at fplsurgery.com. Please don't spam us. Are you, we also have two other email addresses, iceman at fplsurgery.com and bully at fplsurgery.com. So if you want to contact us personally, then yeah, just shoot them across. Excellent. Yes, yeah, we'll be checking those regularly. I want to say thank you to our guest, David Isaac. You've done a great job again. Thanks for joining us, mate. Yeah, thank you, David. You're very welcome. Thanks, guys, for having me. Really enjoyed it again. Excellent. Um, if people want to speak to you and follow you outside of this, how can they do that? He's changed his Twitter as well, actually. Rebrand. You've rebranded. Yeah, re re yeah. No Patreon for me yet, but it's just um, at <laughs> FPL Davidoff. FPL Davidoff. Very strong name. Iceman. It's that time again. We move into another week. Any wisdom from you or just, just a, a nugget, no, something? No, I don't, don't, don't think so. Haven't even been on a spa break this week, have you? No, no. I did go to a wedding. How was that? Yeah, it was all right. Wedding. One, is... one, 
Oh, well, uh, it was all right. I'm sure they'll be delighted after spending thousands on their big day. It was all right. They don't listen um, to this. <laughs> no. do, do you want to say goodbye? Uh, yeah. Bye, listeners. Thanks. Good luck in your game weeks. Yeah. So uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Once again, uh, another action-packed weekend ahead from all of us here at the Fantasy Football Surgery, uh, FPL Surgery Now podcast. It's goodbye and good luck in your game weeks. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, get name right. And also, we're not going to record next week, so uh, yeah, we're having the week off. (laughs) To record a different podcast. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs)